1: we thrive i am Sandra primo and i'm tammy salas and we are the unruffled hello unruffled listeners we are popping in at the top of the show to share with you several ways that you can help support the podcast first you can become a patron of the show by donating
2: to our patreon fundraising campaign please consider supporting our consistent effort in bringing you weekly content on creativity and recovery all for less than the price of a latte. For just a dollar an episode, you will receive early access to each week's show as our way of saying, thank you. If every listener did this, we would be over the moon. The link to our Patreon campaign is www.patreon.com
1: backslash the unruffled podcast. And that's not it. You can share our show on social media or with your friends, and you can subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on iTunes. All of this helps our little show immensely, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now, on to the show. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning.
0: I've missed How you. you? I'm, 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 I'm without my voice.
1: Yes, we're recording a podcast on the morning that Kimmy... <laughs> <laughs> Her voice is just a little scratchy, but I think everyone will be able to hear her well enough. Do you think I sound like a man? Uh no. No,
0: not at D- all. Demi Moore a little, maybe. I don't maybe know. Maybe a
1: little of that. <laughs> maybe a little bit of that.
0: I've got a new voice for the podcast since coming back from my travels. So it's the new and improved Tammy this morning. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll <laughs> see how it goes. <laughs> So
1: today we are going to talk about your trip. We are. It's very exciting. Yeah, I wanted to share, I um, went to
0: Marrakesh, Morocco, which is very far away and it has been quite a journey and it wasn't just a journey like going there, but it was kind of a journey deciding to go, figuring out how to go, figuring out the money for how to pay for the trip. Um, all of that. So I wanted to share a little bit of that with our
1: listeners and it didn't just happen or that.
0: I'm sure. Right.
1: It's not like a road trip or whatever, where you just can be spontaneous. That requires a lot of planning. When did you first, um, decide you were going to go? When was that? Um, I I booked the trip in March Okay, and
0: I'd seen, um, I've been following, I went with a, a company that kind of does this. This is their specialty. They do it for, um, it's their business. It's called Ace Camp Travels. And I've been following them for, gosh, I don't know, five or six years. And they have a lot of artists that I like and follow, like Lada Jan's daughter, um, Jen Hewitt, Lisa Congdon, Sabrina Ward-Harrison has been a teacher at one of their camps. So a few of those um, artists that I've been following, I noticed that they taught through this Ace Camp.
1: Okay. So that's the theme of the company, right? They take you to an exotic place and you can make some type of art. Right. It's a travel company. Okay.
0: And they go all over the world and they have artists that,
1: that go with them and teach. So
0: there's food styling workshops. There is block printing workshops in India, natural dyeing and weaving like in Mexico. Got it. Um, And then So I've been following and seeing, like, who's teaching where and which artists, you know, that I've liked. Um, And so that intrigued me. And when I saw that Heather Shantos was going to be a teacher in Marrakesh and teaching, she's an abstract painter that I have followed and admired for many years. When I saw that she was going to be teaching a workshop, I wanted to sign up. Now, I wasn't super excited about flying to Marrakesh in light of my... Kind of travel anxiety and having a few panic attacks on a
1: plane, right, because that's a serious um, time spent on on an airplane, right totally, and so, but I also like this year, my word for
0: the year was honor, and it keeps coming up for me, Sandra, like you know I need to honor um, my creativity, I need to honor um, that I'm a working artist, I need to honor that I can tackle this too, that I can tackle this anxiety, that I can get past my fear. And I thought, my hope was that I would book this trip. It was six months away. And that I would get about the business of really dealing with my emotional sobriety, with my anxiety, and just get to work this year. Um, As I've shared on the podcast, like February was kind of a tough month for me things at home weren't super, um, um, great at that time. And I was kind of doing this for myself and putting it off in the future, not future tripping, but, um, which would, I guess it's kind of a pun on words. Um, but mm-hmm. a plan on words, but I, I needed something to look forward to and I had to figure out how I could do it because it was not cheap to do it. And so these are kind of luxury, um, tours that, that, that ACE camp travel company puts together and it's kind of a whole experience. So it's not just that you're going there to do art. You're going there to kind of experience the atmosphere of the place and you're going to be with a group and art's going to be part of it, but also the culture is going to be part of it and learning about it. And so I, um, had some money set aside from the mantra project that I kind of have in an account that I don't touch. Unless it's for something creative, and it was a big lump sum. It was it was almost three thousand dollars. That's a lot of money to go on a trip, and I just felt like it felt like a. Sorry, I'm a little jet lagged. Um, It felt like a once in a lifetime thing for me, Mm -hmm. and so it was a good chunk of change that had been sitting in that account. And I thought, I'm going to spend this on myself,
1: and I'm going to have an experience.
3: Mm-hmm. So now,
1: <clears throat> did yeah. you like the aspect that, uh, the aspect of it where, you know, they sort of design the whole trip for you. So you really Absolutely. don't even, you didn't, ha- right. You didn't have to do much. You didn't have to think can. about anything. Yeah. Right? right.
0: So that was great. The only thing you have to do is buy your airfare. Mm-hmm. And so I had to get creative with that and use all of my miles that I had, um, not all of them, almost all of them, to book a ticket to Marrakesh. And to do that, took a little bit of planning. I wanted to stop in Paris since you have to have, you, you go through Paris anyway on the way home. So I wanted to stay there for a few days. So I had to figure that out, the airfare. Um, but that was really it. Everything else is done for you. Nice, And it, that was very, very appealing to me. So she has it all wired. I kind of didn't think about it again, other than kind of having fun you know, planning for the trip. Um, Heather was the draw and how I just wanted to quickly say, and I can't remember if I've shared this on the show, maybe in our Facebook group, but Heather Shantos is um, an artist that I admire and I love her work. And I had found her, fun, like a funny story is I was, I was looking through a schoolhouse electric catalog. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't remember how many years ago, many years ago. And I liked this painting on a wall that they had. So I ripped it out of the catalog and I put it above my desk. And I just kept looking at it. It was before I got sober. It's just something that I liked on my wall, above my desk. I thought, God, if I ever painted, I would love to paint like that. And then I don't know where it went. It kind of disappeared through the years. But when I was working on the geographic last year, I found the page and I cut out the image of her painting and I had glued it into this journal that I was kind of jotting down notes for the project. And if you see her painting and you see mine, they don't look anything alike, but there was just like a feel to it, her color, her stroke. And I didn't know that she only used credit cards or library cards or plastic cards to paint with, Mm. but that's what I used on the geographic. Mm. um, Exclusively besides adding ink with a calligraphy pen. But anyhow, so something transmuted there. And when I, um, when I signed up for this trip, she started following me on Instagram and I recently posted, you know, my birthday and I did a gratitude list and her and I share a birthday.
3: So that was
0: kind of like this little thing like, oh, we share a birthday. And I was like, oh, of course we do. And there was many other similar, similarities that I learned throughout the week, but it was kind of fun. It was kind of like, okay, I know her, um, I know her work, I mean, not her, I know her work, I like it, I admire her, I'm going to go. And I have to say, Sandra, I never, ever could have done this if I wasn't sober mm. and had my shit together
1: Yeah, <laughs> emotionally. Right. It would have felt too big and overwhelming for me, something like that would have totally felt like just too much.
0: I would have had imposter syndrome. I, I didn't have it. I, I went there and I was so surprised with myself. I kept like surprising myself a lot on this trip, but mainly that it was like, Oh, she's a normal person. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Along with all these other, there was like 11 other ladies there. Mm-hmm. So it was really great to kind of get over myself,
1: not be freaked out and, um, and get myself there. Um, quick question. Is it offered only to women or is it just that's who signs up? That's who signs up. It's offered to men too. Okay. They're they're offering some, a tour in
0: um, Japan. I think that's coming up. It's more like a food tour Mm -hmm. and a lot of couples are going on. That is what Angela said. Angela Ritchie is the owner and creator of ACE camps travel. And she Mm -hmm. said that men come on their trips, but it it is predominantly women. Got it. Yeah. Um, So that, that, that was the, that was the kind of like the impetus for everything. And then all of a sudden it was here. Like I didn't do a lot of planning other than to plan my wardrobe. And that was really fun. Mm -hmm. That was really fun. Um, So that was kind of part of my prep that I felt was creative. Like I realized it was going to be really hot there. Um, And so linen was queen on this trip because it was so freaking hot. Mm. It was like linen, caftans, anything that kind of could blow a breeze up your dress. Right. (laughs) That was key. Um, Silk, you know, I wore your silk kimono. I wore your silk jumpsuit. Um, I bought a couple of silk scarves. Like silk and linen, I think, were the, like what you kind of need to wear to Marrakesh when Mm -hmm. it's warm or this time of year. So that was kind of fun in the color. Um, And then I just... The traveling. Um, Natalie made me an anxiety toolkit, Sandra. So cute. Like, packed up um, things that I might need, like rescue remedy,
3: Mm -hmm. uh,
0: little tip pills, gum, essential oils, a little sniffer thing. Like, I sniff the essential oils. It's a, I don't know what you call it.
1: It's like an inhaler or something. Kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So it was good. And I made sure I had aisle seats like for the whole trip. Except for when I I flew the leg from San Francisco to Amsterdam. Uh Uh-huh. And I got to Amsterdam, which by the way, I was not impressed by that airport. I thought it was gonna be really cool. Oh. (laughs) And I was like, Amsterdam, you kind of disappointed me. Um no offense to if anybody designed the Amsterdam Airport, but I mean, <laughs> come on. I, I had I just expected more, I think. <laughs> um, but I, I got to Amsterdam when I got on that leg of the trip to get to Marrakesh, it was about four hours. I realized as soon as I got on the plane, I had a middle seat. Mm. And I don't know how I messed that up. All of a sudden my body just started responding and I just started crying. Mm. I was tired, you know. And mm afraid that I was going to be kind of in the middle for four hours. And so I had to ask for help and the nice flight attendants like, I'm going to fix this for you. Don't worry. And that was really great. And so I didn't have any anxiety attacks. I, other than, you know, a little cry fest, but, um, I didn't drink any caffeine the whole trip, which was kind of key for me. Um, mm. yeah. And then when I arrived in Marrakesh, Sandra, it was the most beautiful airport I've ever been in.
1: Wow. It was everything just is so it's so, oh, such, you know, eye candy. It was, it was
0: clean. Well, the whole city is just meticulously clean and for a city that big and that many people, like it was just amazing, but it was all geometric shapes, Sandra, everywhere you mm-hmm. looked.
3: Mm-hmm. So all
0: the tile, they had a beautiful glass dome that had mm-hmm. this kind of geometric pattern and that's that's a new part of the airport. Um, but the old airport is all geometric as well. Um,
1: geometric shapes and just the design was beautiful. Yeah. Everything feels like intentional there just from, you know, obviously I've never been there. It's just photos, but everything looks so like it's intentionally placed just for the value of beauty. (laughs) Right. And it just made me think, I just kept going,
0: America, come on, let's get this together. The ugly (laughs) Americans. God, we're so... (laughs) But it was a little interesting. So so I have an itinerary, right, Like that that Angela sent out for the trip. And she's really great because she's telling you, like, someone's going to pick you up from the airport. You'll have a sign. Look for your name. And there's so many people there with signs for people to pick up from the airport. I'd mm. never seen anything like it in any airport before. I mean, there was hundreds of signs. Wow. So I had to find my person. Right. And it's a little disorienting. You're like in this other land. You're tired from travel. I felt like I was in a dream basically for the whole week is kind of how it felt. Mm-hmm. Um, but he picks me up. He takes me through the city on a Friday night uh, or Saturday night because um, I'd lost a day. Yeah, it was like a day getting there. And it was... A sensory overload. It was just the motor. What are, what are the scooters like? Scooters mm-hmm. um, with women and their beautiful. Um, I'm losing the word. Um, they are not called caftans. I should really know what they're called for the women that wear those things in Marrakesh. Um And yet they're all dressed up beautifully. Um, children, people on bikes. You know, just the whole the whole scene and the colors. And he drops me off at a, this meeting point, and she warns me. She's like, you're going to get dropped off, and then a man with, like, um, a rolling cart is going to take your luggage. Don't be alarmed. Give him your luggage, and he's going to walk you to the Riyadh. And you're going to go through lots of alleyways. They might be dark, but just you're you're with your person. Mm-hmm. And I'm like,
1: okay. <laughs> it's like you're going to Hogwarts or something. <laughs> <laughs> Totally, but I'm glad that she prepped it because you know you're
0: I'm not speaking the language, right, so um the guy drops me off, he does speak some English, and your tra- your bags are transferred to this cart, this wooden cart with two wheels, and this man is pushing it, and you just follow him and it's it's like the city was so alive, Sandra, it just I could feel everything like
1: my senses was just on fire, and I just followed him. And that must be re- really like, I mean, not that you had done it any other way, but just to ha- be able to like release all the worry and anxiety and control and cause somebody's in charge of you, you could just get to like open yourself up and take it all in. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, it was, it, it just like, I can only say it felt
0: like a dream a little bit. It felt like I was floating at that point. So Again, tired, jet lag. I've been up for 31 hours by the time I got to the Riyadh. Ooh, so it's wow. been a long, it's been a long day of travel. You don't sleep on planes? No, mm. I did not. I'll get to that with, when we talk about Paris next week. But yeah, <laughs> I had a remedy on on that flight. But no, I was just awake. Uh, I couldn't sleep. Mm. And I get to the Riyadh, and that's what it's called, a Riyadh, and it's this home that kind of has a center, which is um, it has a pool in the center, a small mm-hmm. soaking tub pool, and all the rooms are around it, like four sides, right. and your view of the courtyard is your view, and I get there, and I'm like, I don't have any money, you know, I don't know what to tip someone who does this for you. Anyhow, the house manager just helps you take care of everything. You know, the guy will come back later for his tip after you go to the ATM. Like everything was just great. They just figured everything out. Um, but I walk in and everybody's already there. And so it was a little for me, like to be the last one to arrive. Everyone's dressed for dinner. Dinner's going to start in like 10 minutes. I'm Oh goodness. To get there. Right. Some people got there earlier in the day and, um, uh, I'm greeted. And I hug Heather, which felt just lovely. She was so hospitable. And then Angela is going to show me to my room. And they take me to the top, um, the second floor of the Riyadh. And she says, you're going to have the green room. And green is one of the colors, like Heather said, bring a color with you that you don't like to paint with. So I brought blue and green because I don't usually use those colors. So I get the green room. So I was like, mm, this is a little nod from the divine here. <laughs> and I walk in, Sandra, and it's gorgeous.
3: Mm, I beautiful.
0: Bet. And she said, I hope you don't mind. I gave you a room to yourself. And I was like, <laughs> lady, you have no idea how happy I am right now. Because <laughs> I didn't even know what the sleeping situations were going to be.
1: Oh, right. I
0: didn't ask any questions. I just signed up and was like, going to do whatever was presented. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I got my own room just really took me down like 12 notches of anxiety. I was like, okay, this is going to be great. This is, I can do this. So I quickly changed and went downstairs and had like a beautiful meal with everybody and um, kind of set the tone. And it was like this beautiful welcome dinner with rose petals all over the table. And there's service there in Morocco, Sandra again, America, please <laughs> <Just> <laughs> lessons from the Moroccans. It's just, you can't believe how well their customer service is everywhere mm-hmm. you go, everywhere. Um, so it was just, that was just like welcoming and lovely. And, um, let's see, where do I want to go from there? Um,
1: So what, what, so your first full day, what, what did that look like? Did you immediately start, uh, you know, the art piece of it or was there exploration first? There was exploration. I'm looking at the itinerary right now because clearly I've already
0: forgotten and I'm a little bit jet lagged, but day two was great because, um, they were going to translate inspiration into abstraction was kind of the title for the day. And so, um, we, have, we had introductions in the morning, quite like proper introductions. And then um, we went to lunch out in the, um, kind of among the, the souks. Um, it, it's called the Medina. And then in the Medina is all of the souks. There's like thousands of shops. And so we she hired a guide for the day. So we went to the lunch place, had lunch on the terrace overlooking the city that was beautiful. And then when we got out of the lunch, a guide met us and basically took us through the souks and showed us kind of how it, how it was laid out. Mm. That
1: mm. was amazing. It was really Like the spices out. and the yes. textiles and the shoes and all of this stuff. Yeah. You get to see the spices and the, we got to see them dyeing fibers, which was really beautiful. Oh, Sandra, God, I think I you would have loved oh, it. Oh my God. I could have. I, that would take a whole day for me just to get involved with that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: Just watch. (laughs) It was so powerful, the colors. So just seeing the colors and the shapes and the textures and the smells, you know. So that walking tour was fast. Our guide was fast, but you kind of have to be fast because the men in the souks will try to keep you at their shop. You know what I mean? Oh,
1: I'm sure. Yeah.
0: So th- there was an art from. So watching how they navigated quickly through, you don't have to stop for every person that says, uh, "Excuse me, ma'am." Mm-hmm. You know, you just keep walking. Um, she let us know that you have to bargain. Like that is just part of the culture. Sure, you do not
1: accept the first price. Like you, mm-hmm. and
0: that intimidated me.
1: Like I oh, didn't really? bargain. I did not want to oh. bargain. Oh, yeah, I've money. spent a lot of time in Mexico. Uh, um, yeah. And so, I, so you were familiar. Yeah. I'm familiar with that, that way to buy things.
0: <laughs> yeah. I wasn't. So I just, I just didn't buy anything for like three or four days. I just didn't want to engage. And, um, but after that first day we took photos. I mean, you cannot take a bad picture in Marrakesh is oh, what I learned. No, I would think so. There's so much to see.
3: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: and the light, Sandra, all the walls are painted this beautiful, peachy pink. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Heather Heather Shantos uses a certain pink in a lot of her work and she calls it Heather pink because she uses it all the time and she makes a mix of it. That's kind of like what the walls in the city were like. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, there's this beautiful glow. Mm. So anywhere you take a picture, it's like, oh yeah, you can't take a bad one. So everywhere you looked and all of the colors and textures, I mean, you saw, I I shared on Instagram. pillows and rugs and shoes and everything is just saturated super saturated with color um so so that day was just really exploring and then we had a beautiful dinner that night and then the day three was when we got to work so it was good it was like we could in, you know, take the city in
3: mm-hmm.
0: and um, kind of be inspired and totally yeah yeah totally so that was great. Um, and then, but that, but that, um, second night after the day out getting guided, we went to this restaurant called Nomad Uh and it was on the top, the rooftop terrace at sunset with the mosque in the distance, pink cloud sunset. It was gorgeous. And no alcohol is served at this restaurant.
1: Wow. It was like
0: win, win, win. Win, win. I -hmm. couldn't, I just kept like I was surprised by everything because I didn't do my research. Mm-hmm. I didn't fully know what each experience was going to be. So I kind of liked it I was surprised and that's not kind of how I do things. So I was um happy that I did it that way. I got to sit next to Heather all night at that dinner and chat and get to know her and share experiences and and talk kids and life and being a mom and being an artist. So that was really a treat that, that, um, that first night out on the town. And, um, this, when we started making art was like kind of when I was in my element, like I felt super comfortable. Mm -hmm. I did not feel intimidated. I knew what to do. I knew the language she was speaking. A lot of the other ladies that were there from Marrakesh, and I would say, I'd say it was like half and half, half were there to kind of experience Marrakesh and half were there to learn from Heather is kind okay. of how I felt. Mm-hmm. And so, um, of course all of the ladies participated and, um, but I think, I don't know if anybody was as geeked out and as excited as I was.
1: <laughs> so. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Some people were big fans of maybe her and her work and that's specifically why they went. Some, yeah. just wanted to go to Morocco. Yeah.
0: And it was a great way to do it. Yeah. And the kind of added bonus of the trip for me um, was that uh artist Lotta Jan's daughter was there. Mm-hmm. And she's a designer and printmaker and has her own little empire that I've taken classes from her before, but I got to work next with next to her all week long at my That's table.
1: so cool. Yeah.
0: It was she was prolific and she was um <laughs> she's just a joy. She's very direct and funny and It was nice to kind of watch her work too, because she's a designer, not an abstract painter. She was completely out of her comfort zone and she embraced it too, but she did it in her own way with her style. So it was Mm -hmm. so cool to see how everybody did their thing. Mm -hmm. But I was especially interested in watching her kind of do her thing and how she translated, what she was learning into, into like how she does her, how she does her work. She usually works really small and she doesn't paint. So it was all new for her too. Um, but I felt, I felt good. I felt really comfortable. I love making the organic shapes. I liked watching Heather's process. Um, we did a lot of washes with, with paint, which I always wondered how you could spread the paint so big. Um, you use washes and layer um, abstract shapes using washes and letting them dry while well, they dried so quickly because of the um, atmosphere. The dry heat. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of fun. Um, So we got to watch her, which for me, I was just in love with it. And then we got to just get to painting. Mm -hmm. And I made a lot of work on this trip. I left it all in Paris in a tube that I forgot at my friend's apartment. So I'll be getting that back. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we spent the day doing that. And we were supposed to go off to a palace or something and get a tour. But everybody was so into painting. Nobody wanted to go to the palace. So we just stayed and painted
1: Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, we just oh. stayed. Everyone agreed. That's yeah. so cool. How were the other, did you befriend anyone? How were the other um, guests? Oh, they were so
0: great. Everybody kind of had an artistic um, background. Like there was jewelry makers there. Um, well, there was a couple of jewelry makers, actually. Um, a couple of artists, a graphic designer. Um, Molotta. So she's a designer and, and, um, they were great. I really connected with a couple of gals, a gal named Kate and a gal named, um, Ilana. And we just kind of tooled around the city together. Um, mm-hmm. and I shopped with them and watched them buy rugs and Ooh. it was kind of nice to be together and, and hang out with them. Yeah. The rug, Sandra, mm. that was an experience to sit on a couch at a rug shop and let them bring out the rugs and roll them out, you know, lay them out for you. Oh my gosh. It was beautiful. And, um, the rugs were just as beautiful on the back side, Right. Mm-hmm. So both ways and the vibrant, you know, cause a lot of the gals were looking for pink, which I loved. I almost bought a rug. I do not need a rug.
3: Mm-hmm. I have no
0: room for a rug anywhere actually. But when you're there, you're like, Oh my gosh. Why? So could, yeah, so cheap. <laughs> you might as well just get, let's get two. um, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of left with four, I think. Yeah. Um, I yeah. Get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when in Marrakesh, you right. <laughs> drink a shit ton of mint tea and you yeah. buy rugs, buy rugs. Um, so that was fun to watch. And so it was fun to shop with people who were buying things, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of got to have that experience through them. And my friend Kate was sweet. She's like, I want your opinion. You have a good eye, you, you know, cause she, I kept pointing things out and it's like, what about this? What about this? Um, so it was fun, super fun to do that. And like shipping of a rug to the U S one shop said it was
1: $60
0: and one shop said it was $250. Like,
1: yeah, I'm sure that's another thing you probably have to shop around for. Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, and, and, in dealing in the rugs, it's a whole exchange too. You know, they start, so that the monetary system is Durham's. Uh-huh. So 2000 Durham's is $200. Right. So it was pretty easy to figure out, you know, the money when, when you were kind of going back and yeah. forth, but there was one rug that we started out. I was like 16,000 Durham. Mm. And I was like, how about 4,000? And I was like, and I looked at the ladies I was with. I'm like, I'm not even buying a rug. Why am I doing this? <laughs> So that was at the first. And so I almost bought a rug. And it was, I got him to $400, I guess, is what it would have been. Mm. And then he's like, but shipping's $250. And I'm like, uh, I'm out. And he was like, you're going to let that be the end of the deal? He's like, no, you have to come back. That's how it works. And I was like, I don't even need a rug. I don't even know what I'm doing. And I'm like, you guys, don't let me do that again. <laughs> But they're very persuasive, Sandra. Uh huh. Very persuasive. I yeah. Um. So that was like a delight to kind of, um, just see the colors and textures and dream about like where you'd put it in your space. And I don't know. Yeah. There's one rug I'm still thinking about. I may. I may kick myself. But, um, yeah. I don't. I would have to put it like out in the yard. There's no place in my house for it. <laughs> um. So that was fun. The caftans, Sandra, Mm. bananas.
3: Mm. Mm -hmm. Bananas.
0: The bad thing about the caftans is I would find one I liked. And it was right at the beginning of my trip when I wasn't doing any buying. And Mm -hmm. when I was nervous to kind of do the deal, I was kind of collecting going, how much are things? Like, I don't even know what things are, what are they worth? Or what do you do you deal in certain shops that are like in buildings or do you only in the souks? Can you bargain? Like I wasn't sure. So some, I regret, I can't, I never got to get back to the first place where I found some that I liked. Um, Cause I couldn't figure out how to get back there mm, so mm-hmm. a little bit. You kind of needed to seize the day, but right. I didn't have enough information in the early days of being there by the end of the week. I kind of had it figured out. So here's the deal. I decide I'm going to go buy something finally. I figure like I need to do this like on my fourth day, fifth day. Um, And so I go out with my friend Kate and she's like, you're nervous to bargain. I'm like, I am. She's like, it's okay. You just kind of tell a number and, you know, they they work with you. So um, I walk into a shop and he was like, these are 300 dirham, so 30 bucks. And so I I read that you're supposed to just go in half and then you start bargaining from there. Mm So I'm like, well, 150. And he was like, Oh, I have to feed my children. I mean, what are you talking right. it about? It's a thing. whole thing. It's a whole Yeah. It's a thing. It's a, uh, yeah. It's theater. <laughs> it, it was theater. And he's like 200. And I'm like 150. He's like, you didn't come up. I go, I'm not going to come up. And so Kate's watching me and she's so cute. Cause she was like, you just like, were ruthless with ruthless. <laughs> so finally he's like, fine. 150, and so I took two for 30 or whatever it was, and I leave, and I and I said, um, I want more of these, and I said, Do you have any more? And he was like, I don't have any more. You took my last two, and you took them for 150. What do you want from me? You know, it was a whole. Thing. <laughs> I'm like, okay, but I really love these. I said, Okay, you don't have any more? No. Well, he is kind of a liar because the next day I go, and they're all out, and he has one one out. Okay. So then I figure, like, oh, maybe he ran out and he had to go home, right? He didn't have them there. So I walk by and I'm like, hello. He was like, oh, you came back. I'm like, I did. I go, you said you didn't have any more of those. Mm-hmm. He's like, I have, I have three. And he's trying to sell me different ones that aren't the pattern that I want. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I want this one. I told you I want this one. Can I, t- can I buy this one? He was like, yes. I said, can I buy it for what I bought yesterday? And he goes, what'd you buy it for yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> so I was honest. I was like one fifty. Durham's. and he was like, "Yes." I said, "Do you have any more of these?" And he said, "I have no more of these." <laughs> I said, "I will buy like 10 from you." And he says, "I have no more." <laughs> so he's a big fat liar. So anyhow, right. but he was I think he didn't want to sell them for 150. He wanted to sell them for 300. Right, right. He wasn't selling anymore to me. So that mm-hmm. was basically how that worked. But Sandra, yeah. after that first day, every booth I went to, I did half and I stuck to it. Mm-hmm. And it was great. And Kate was like, for someone who said she didn't want a deal, you were like ruthless with everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I just, that was all I could manage was like figuring out the half. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just right. doing half and that's it. Um, so that was really, it was fun. It was really fun. Um, I did buy a caftan on the last day. I found one that's beautiful that I'm going to wear to Miami till she recovers for sure.
3: Nice. And,
0: um, it was beautiful, but, um, I realized, and I mean, you already know this cause you work in silk, but silk is the way to go. Like mm. for a caftan, you know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. just so, um, or, or just in the heat like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ones I, other ones I tried on, they were just never felt right. There mm-hmm. wasn't the right material. It was like, I wanted the all silk
1: Yes. One.
0: That was, that was key. So even though I thought I would come home with like, you know, 10 calf I only came home with one. It was the only one that I found that I loved and that I was willing to spend the money on. And, um, I think it was fine. I do regret that I didn't buy on the first day that I saw a shop full, but yeah, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to come home with all of them. Right. I uh, plus I had your work and everybody loved your work, by the way. Oh. Oh, they were just like, who made
2: this for you? It is like
0: so gorgeous. So um, I'm going to exchange information with some of them and share your website because they loved your work.
1: Oh, well, awesome. Mm
0: -hmm. And I had planned on wearing your silk jumpsuit on the camel when I went to the desert. So we go out to the desert one day to a a place called La Paz, P-A-U-S-E. I highly recommend people, let me, I'm going to grab my phone. Um, looking them up on Instagram because it's like where they shoot a lot of fashion shoots at mm-hmm. like in the middle of the desert. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that that's the right thing. Um, it just looks like straight out of a movie.
1: Right. And
0: it's like in the middle. Oh yeah. La Paz, Marrakesh is, is there. it
1: where the, is that where the um, sex in the city girls were? When they were I like think so. Games. I'll have to watch that again. You know what? I bet you, you're right. <laughs> walking through the souks
0: is like probably worse sex in the city. Um, when they were walking, when mm-hmm. they were shopping. Yeah, for sure.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so t- it's like, it's like an oasis in the desert. It's all styled. There's no electricity. <laughs> mm. um, you get delivered there. It's about 30 minutes away from the city or 45 minutes. Um, we took a, like a little bus, a little van with all of us in it. You get there you get served this beautiful mint tea. There's gorgeous tents with rugs everywhere, just rugs everywhere, A gorgeous table set, a pool. Um, Just a surprise. Like you, you felt like you were on a movie set. Mm -hmm. And then we went on the camels and I have to say it, it was, it was fun to be on a camel for a minute, not for an hour. Oh, that is a long time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long time. And because I was so hot, Sandra, I couldn't put on the jumpsuit. Right. Wedding profuse. I couldn't even imagine putting my leg in because I was so hot. So here I am in a dress on a camel, not mm-hmm. ideal, by the way, should have been in pants. Um, but it was, I was just roasting. I couldn't handle it. And um, you have to wear a scarf because of the dust. Mm-hmm. And so I, I took a silk scarf that I bought from the man, the the, the man that didn't want to sell me all his silk scarves. So I wore that. Um, it was beautiful and it was nice that they took us out in the desert, but yeah, an hour was a long time <laughs> it's a long time to be on a camel. Um, and then we came back and they served us a beautiful dinner. And since there's no electricity at the resort, it was all candlelight mm. and these kind of globes that they put on the table that are like, must be powered by this, you know, solar energy there was just this glow that I'll just never forget, you know, seeing everybody's faces and talking and eating these beautiful tangines and couscous. And it was really special. I bet. special. And um, that was a beautiful experience that Angela clearly had wired, you know, she added that into the trip and that was like a very, very unforgettable experience. Um, and then we did more art. Like when we got back to the hotel the next day, And we went to a museum. That's what I wanted to share that I think Mm -hmm. you would have loved.
3: Mm -hmm. It was
0: called Jardin Majorelle. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And I guess there was a guy named Jacques Majorelle and he was a French painter. And he was um, a famous Art Nouveau furniture designer. Um, He was the son of the famous furniture designer. And his name was Louis Majorelle. And they got to Morocco like in the early 1900s and they built this artist studio in this art deco style and the walls were painted and they called it Majorelle blue, which Ooh. looks like a really vibrant cobalt blue. Oh yeah. More bright than a like, cobalt. Sometimes I feel like has a lot of black tone to it. This was brighter, really super duper blue. And, um, he has this amazing garden that he designed and had exotic plants and rare species that he collected from like going around the world. And he opened up this garden to the public in 1947. And then when he died in 1962, it fell into abandon. So it's such a beautiful place. I can't even imagine seeing it like that. Um, But in 1980, this is the part I think you're gonna like, Pierre Berger and Yves Saint Laurent Acquired, oh, wow. acquired Jardin Majorelle. Oh, wow. So they saved it from real estate developers mm-hmm. and they restored the garden. Um, new plants were added. A, muse, a museum dedicated to Berber culture was opened in the painter's studio. And today the Jardin Majorelle also includes a bookstore, a cafe, and a boutique. And that's kind of what I went into. Of course, the day we went, the museum was closed. And it was mm. such a bummer, but we went early. We were like the first ones to get there and it was already busy. Um, by the time we left, the line was just down the block. So I'm so happy we went when we did, but basically you just got to tool around the garden and just see this. They were all succulents and it was beautiful, you know, and had, all the walls were this majorelle blue. Wow. And um, so after the death of Yves Saint Laurent in 2008, uh, his partner P- Pierre donated the Jardin Majorelle to the foundation um, that they had together, and um, it's just a memorial to French fashion designer. Um, oh, a memorial was built to the French fashion designer, and that I took some pictures of that. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous, absolutely oh, stunning. I and bet. I got you a little something from there that um, I will yeah. send you. Yves, um, Yves Saint Laurent did these, post, did these posters, these amazing posters, and he started them in 1970, it looks like, and they say love on all of them, and they're all different every year, so it's kind of like his thing that he did, and so I, um, I picked you up a little book that commemorates each year of this artwork that he did. And, um, it's so, it's just all, there was postcards you could buy. So I started buying some postcards, but when I saw there was a book that had all of them in there, I'm like, Oh, I need to get that for Sandra. So I will send that to you.
1: Oh my, that sounds amazing.
0: But I wish you had been there. I just wish you had been there. I just kept thinking like, Oh, Sandra would so love this so much. Oh, I would have, I would have. Well, the whole yeah. trip, he would have.
1: The whole um, thing. yeah, he, uh, yeah, there's, you know. Like there's lots of pictures of young Yves Saint Laurent in Marrakesh. I've, I've always admired those. Yeah. So the
0: blue um, paint they sell there, and so I bought a can of the Majorelle blue. And I'm going since I don't use blue, I didn't open it up in Marrakesh to paint because I wanted to bring it home, and I was worried it might explode on the plane. So I left it as a, you know in the container because it's in a tin like a paint tin. Um, like house paint or something. It's it's a small one, but it's that's what it's like. And I'm gonna experiment in painting with the uh, blues and greens um, now that I'm home.
1: I bet it just yeah. kind of
0: seeped in. <laughs> yeah, the colors. I saw a lot of green. There's certain colors, and um, I bought pigments as well from a street vendor. But there's certain colors in blue, indigo, this majorelle blue, green, um, hot pink and kind of also a rust color um, are definitely Marrakesh colors that you see on buildings and tile work. And yeah, it was just amazing. Just amazing to kind of see all the different buildings. The tile work is incredible. Just absolutely incredible.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So that was really, i me thinking, yeah, we created more with Heather and made more paintings. We had like a, a critique one night And that was, um, I've done critiques before, so I wasn't really nervous about it, but once we saw the work and we went upstairs at the Riyadh and we looked down on the courtyard at our work, kind of on a table, it was interesting for me to see like what my painting was missing, like gave it new perspective. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that was good for me because I was playing it really safe. I was just doing safe shapes. And I realized as I am constantly being reminded, I need to be messier with my work. I need to get freer with my work. Mm-hmm. And so I, after the critique, I took my painting back and I wrote, I started making lines and shapes and geometric patterns with my left hand. Cause I'm right-handed started working with my left hand. Um, and I was so satisfied with my painting when I was done. I was like, okay, that's what it needed. It needed line work. It needed to get a little messy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I made notes about all that kind of stuff and just, it was helpful. I was I was super inspired while I was there, Sandra. I have so many notes of, you know, ideas for workshops, ideas for my website, ideas for um, paintings, ideas for a series. Just
1: the channel was open. Oh, I bet I you bet know it was just wonderful wide open. Happens from a the wonderful byproduct of travel.
0: Yes, it was. It was like um, I didn't. I kind of felt. I wouldn't say empty at the end of summer. I did feel a little depleted. Um, I didn't realize how much until I went on this trip. And to really kind of, again, not really know what was ahead of me and to be open to it. It's good that I was depleted and empty. I think it was the perfect timing for me to take this trip. Um, I've been needing to get quieter. I've been, I wasn't sure what direction I'm going to go with things um, with my work. Um, You and I have been talking, you know, and just talking about like, what do we want to do in the podcast and like all kinds of things were in my brain. And I had the time and the space to think,
3: Mm -hmm. you know, and
0: I was up, you know, the hours are different just because of time changes and um, I'd go into my room at night and I wouldn't go to bed for three or four hours and I would just write or I'd draw or I'd paint and I felt um, like a tap back into myself, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And travel, travel is good for that. Yeah.
1: Um, I know I keep blathering on here. Um, no, that's what this podcast is about. <laughs> well, so how did it end? What was like the last, like the closing ceremony? Or-
0: oh, I'll tell you about that. Um, but b- before I do, I really quickly wanted to just say, and I don't know if I enunciated this earlier. Um Being in a culture that is not alcohol centric was a gift. Mm, I bet. I didn't consider that. I didn't think about that very much Um, when I knew I was going there. I didn't consider it. But walking into restaurants and having them be like no alcohol, having lunch, I went to a beautiful restaurant called Le Jardin that had the best non alcoholic drink menu. It's not unusual. You know what I mean, right, Right?
1: Because it's prohibitive for right um, the religion
0: yeah, and and the call to prayer, Sandra, that happens six times a day, so beautiful. You hear the first morning I woke up and I feel neither here nor there. I felt very much in a liminal space, right? And I hear this call to prayer over the loudspeaker, and I just started crying.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm like,
0: oh my God, this is so beautiful. So I prayed, I didn't pray their prayers, obviously, but, um, that was really cool to be reminded six times a day and hear the call to prayer. It was almost like you could just, like, it was like to get back to yourself again for a second. Think about where you were. For me, I got to think about where I was, how lucky I was. I had gratitude in that moment. And, um, but the weird thing is I never saw anybody pray. I thought I would see people praying in that city of so many people. Mm -hmm. So, um, maybe in their homes or maybe privately, but I didn't, I didn't ever witness anybody um, praying on their prayer mats. Um, but the mint tea, I'm talking non-alcoholic drinks here right now. I've been searching for mint tea, Sandra, since I got sober. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I brought back mint tea for sure. And they know how to make it. And it's not just with mint. What I learned my, my week, I was trying to like nail it down it's either made with black tea or green tea, mm-hmm. a boatload of mint and sugar. Right. And that's the combination. So I bought a beautiful teapot and I'm going to shove it full of um mint <laughs> and black tea and sugar. And I'm gonna try to make my own. Yeah. I bought back some spices and some tea, and that was really good.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: but you asked about how I ended it. Yeah. So we yes. had a big celebratory dinner and the we had a free day in the city for our last day so heather went off home um back to germany to berlin and angela went off to her next camp that she was um going to be leading somewhere around the world i'm not sure where she went and she left just a little sign up on the wall for us like your porter your person will be here to pick up your luggage at this time Um, get to the airport three hours before. She scheduled it all so you didn't have to think about anything. Just be packed and be ready at the time, she said. And the last day, we got to go explore the city by ourselves. Nice. So I went out with the gals and we did more rug shopping and picking up some last-minute things that people wanted to gather. And a group of us, not all of us, but a group of us um, decided to go to
1: a historic hammam to get bathed. And now I'll tell everyone what a hammam is.
0: Yeah. So a hammam, I have it right here. A hammam is um a place where the locals go and it's a they do like a bathing ritual. And they go the locals go once a week and um you basically get scrubbed down with this um black soap that makes your skin really soft and it's been around since this, the hammam that we went to has been around since 1562. So it wasn't a fancy hotel hammam. It wasn't um, like a spa. Mm-hmm. It was a little um, shocking to a few of the ladies. <laughs> um, but we basically went in. It was 15, it was 150 durhams, which is $15. And our, our man at our house told us to bring wear underwear and I'd bring a towel Mm -hmm. and bring something to change into, I guess. So we we went there on the last night at eight o'clock at night and we got in line and there was, I don't know, like nine of us. And you walk into this cavernous building that has cavern after cavern. They throw a mat down on the ground, a plastic mat and tell you to sit down with your little basket of Black soap and like shampoo, and a, 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 a like a loofah mitt that they're going to scrub you with, and you're basically naked in front of all the ladies. You have your underwear on, but mm-hmm. I don't know these women very well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, so a couple were a little bit like surprised by it. Um, I'd I had gone to a Korean day spa before, so I kind of knew what to expect in terms of the scrubbing because right? it's not it's not soft. It's
1: not gentle. No. Mm-hmm. No, it's very utilitarian scrubbing. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so I got scrubbed and you're, you know, you're lay on your stomach. They turn you over. It's almost like you're fish or something. You're like, just, you know, slapping you down on the ground, but you're seeing all of your skin come off and you're seeing your neighbor's skin come off and your face is on the ground. And <laughs> It's just like, I was looking over at my one neighbor. I'm like, do you feel weird right now? And she's like, I, yeah, this feels a little weird, (laughs) Um, Uh but we just did it. And I didn't have my glasses on, so I couldn't see very well. Yeah. So at one point, Sandra, they're going to finally, you know, they're going to wash my hair. And I I kept imagining it was going to be this very luxurious thing. It was not, (laughs) it was very, again, utilitarian is the best word that I could use, but they're calling me over like with their hands to motion me over these ladies and they're topless the ladies that are scrubbing you and they have on like some black like bike shorts is what it looks like. And so they're motioning to me and I don't come because I don't see them. And so they get over and they kind of like yank me up off. The ground. <laughs> so come here. here. Get over here, woman. But, but I felt very childlike. We all talked about how it felt like we were kids
3: being <laughs> scrubbed
0: by our mothers. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh-huh. And when I didn't get up and go over there, that was, yeah, that was, um, a mistake on my part, I think. So she starts washing my hair and it's, it's again, not luxurious, just washes it. And then she gets this bucket of water and I, I'm just teasing, but it a little bit felt like waterboarding a little bit because (laughs) (laughs) she comes at me with this bucket of water in my face and my mouth was kind of open. And then to catch my breath, I, I was going to open it
1: and say something. And then she just, second bucket was coming at me. And then the third bucket was coming at me. No time. No time for that talking <laughs> nonsense. She's like, lady, we don't speak
3: English.
0: We're not going to even, you know. So it was an experience. We all kind of laughed and had a good bonding moment. We go get dressed, you know, and then they serve you this beautiful tray. You know, they do know how to do service. This beautiful, gorgeous tray of mint tea out of a silver teapot again. Pretty glasses and um we all just kind of laughed and toasted and just was like well we did it (laughs) we we did it and but what was great was that we were there with the locals too it was their bathing night and the children were there with their moms and the women were kind of washing each other and taking you know we were the white american women getting scrubbed and we were in their space, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it felt a little bit like we needed to be respectful, we needed not to giggle and laugh, we needed not to make right. fun anything. So we did, not I mean, we were just kind of like looking at everybody, had really wide eyes. Like, <laughs> right. we're going to talk about this later. Um, but it was beautiful, and I and I appreciate that we did go to a historic kind of local hamam and not some fancy one, right? So that was quite an experience to leave. Oh, I bet. And um, the next morning, yeah, I went to the airport. Kind of a sad to leave the city, you know, it was just kind of like a, I don't know, it was bittersweet. I was ready to go because visually I'm so visual and it was so much stimulation. Um, but I got, you know, I got to the airport and navigated my way through and enjoyed, uh, just enjoyed kind of taking it all in for the last few minutes before I got on the plane. And I was just really grateful, Sandra. It was quite an adventure.
1: Oh, it sounds like it. Uh yeah it was good. Oh yeah. Your pictures were fun and mm, I'm yeah. T- yeah, It, yeah, it, I, I always picture it would be like one of those things where you could just walk around every day for a week and see something new and, and it, you know, and it's still just be so ultra stimulating.
0: <laughs> totally. Totally. And I was going to say, I didn't really have, um, a toolbox per se to share for this episode because I just shared so many things, but I would say if, if people again, I know it's expensive and I, 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 it's not like I can do this thing all the time. I, I do everything on the cheap, but the, if anybody's interested in checking out these types of tours and having this experience with art and culture, um, you can go to AceCampsTravel.com and check out their offerings and. I would highly recommend checking out Heather's work. I was calling her Heather Chantos, and I learned how to pronounce her name on this trip. It's Chantos, and it's Heather, C H O N T O S.com. And there was one more thing I was going to recommend. Hmm, I've forgotten, Sandra. Hmm. Oh. Maybe to check out Sandra's store for her kimonos and jumpsuits. Oh, thanks. Because you are so, you would just thrive in Veracash, your business. Like it's so, it's so beautiful. Your work is so in alignment with what, everything that I saw there.
1: Oh yeah. Well. So beautiful. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's why I'm so, I've always, I will definitely go there before, hopefully before I you know, on the list of places. Um, because yeah, yeah, just the, the visuals are so in alignment with what I make. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was just a,
0: it was a visual
1: feast is what I just kept thinking like every,
0: everywhere you looked, you know, it was amazing. So yeah. Check out your work on uh, theunruffled.com and that's it. Thank you for indulging me for this episode. That was super fun. Especially with my scratchy, scratchy voice. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I would forget everything if I waited too long to record this. True. You True. know.
1: Was yes, afraid. there's nothing like capturing it right at the, at the moment where the memories are still super fresh, and, and then next week we're going to um, have on a mutual friend, right? Yes. So after I left M- Morocco... Mm-hmm. I flew to Paris
0: and um, a friend met me there and we're going to introduce you to that friend next week and talk about, I kind of had a whirlwind weekend in Paris, even though I had a cold and I was losing my voice. I did not let that stop me because <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm in Paris. How right? often do I get to say that? I had a weekend in Paris. I'm going to keep saying it and saying it, um, but that experience, I would love to share the kindness extended to me. And um and what it was like to do the city sober.
1: Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. So we can talk about that next week with our guest. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, thanks, Sandra. I missed you. I'm glad to be back. I missed you. I'm so glad you had a wonderful experience. It was great. And I'm so glad that I didn't let fear
0: stop me from having this trip, Sandra. Oh yeah. You know the acronym uh, false evidence appearing real? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't let that, and I think I've worked hard this year um, on my emotional sobriety, on the things that I've, you and I have been talking about, what we, um, asking for help, um, just getting over myself, basically. The grace over drama mantra really, really came in handy um, while I was on this journey. And Mm -hmm. one day, and I, I know this is the end of the podcast here, but one day I did hit a wall, and... I had to remove myself and go into my room. I had to turn off all the lights. And I had to lay in a dark room for like an hour. And I think I just hit a visual overload and stimulation overload. Sure. It was a lot. Um, I reached out to Natalie and, and then I was back. And it's like it didn't have to take me out. I didn't have to be dramatic. I didn't have to tell everybody there at the Riyadh. I just went and took care of myself. Right, right. And I don't think that I could have done this trip five years ago
1: I knew I couldn't have because I was still drinking at that point. But yeah, I think I never would have gone up to a place where right? alcohol on every corner. I would have been a shit show.
0: I would have been embarrassed. I would have embarrassed myself. I would have, or I would have been so anxious. I couldn't have participated and been fully present. Right. I was fully present. I soaked up everything. And I attribute all of that to my recovery and my not drinking. And to me, um, believing in myself as a creative person and all of the work that I've done, um, in terms of schooling and training and trying things on for size, like all of that got to manifest itself. And that's what made me, um, so pleased with this trip. It seemed like I can handle anything is kind of how I felt. Mm, And I know I tell myself that sometimes I got to cheerlead it and you got to fake it till you make it or whatever the thing is. I didn't, I felt authentic and I felt like I had the trip of a lifetime and that I felt like I worked really hard to, to do it. And that I got to celebrate all the hard work that I've done for the last four and a half years. And, um, it was a treat. Oh, all right, friend. All right. Talk to you next week. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye. The Unruffled podcast was
2: created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers, Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.